0: 8.24 Central European time. There were two of them. Medium build, casually attired, nothing remarkable about either except for the fact that they were too unremarkable. The Hotel de Ponto was on Paris's chic rue de faubourg Saint-Honoré, and its guests were wealthy tourists and business executives, men and women adorned with designer garments. In an everyday crowd, the two would blend in. But not here. Victor saw them the instant he was through the main entrance. They were standing in front of the elevators at the far end of the lobby, their backs to him. Both stood completely still one with hands in pockets, the other with arms folded, waiting. If any words passed between them, they did so without any change in body language. The grand lobby was quiet, less than a dozen people occupying space. It had a high ceiling, marbled floor and pillars an abundance of exotic potted plants set throughout, green leather armchairs grouped together in the corners in central space. Victor headed toward the front desk that ran along the wall to his right, walking at a relaxed, casual pace despite the potential danger. He kept the men in his peripheral vision at all times, ready to act should one look his way. He hadn't fully made up his mind about the duo, but in Victor's business, a potential threat, was a definite threat until proved otherwise. In the lobby, he was exposed, vulnerable. But nothing in his demeanor betrayed that. He drew no attention from the other people in the room. He acted and looked just like them. Fellow practitioners of Victor's profession were popularly believed to dress only in black, but looking like a cliché wasn't high on Victor's priorities. Like most people, he looked good in black, too good for someone whose life might depend on going unnoticed. Dressed in a charcoal suit, white cotton shirt, and monochrome silver tie, Victor looked every inch the respectable businessman. The suit was wool, off the rack, excellent quality, but one size too big to give him extra room at the hips, thighs, arms, and shoulders, but without appearing too ill-fitting. His Oxford shoes were black Polished, but not overly so, high around the ankles and with a thick, treaded sole. His glasses were simple, his haircut boring. He chose his attire to create a bland, neutral persona. Anyone who tried to remember Victor would find it difficult to describe him accurately. He was a man in a suit, like millions of others. Aside from the easily removable glasses, the only distinguishing feature that might be noticed and was present only to divert attention from elsewhere would be shaved off later. He was smart without being stylish, neat but ordinary, confident, not arrogant, forgettable. He reached the desk and smiled politely as the raven-haired receptionist looked up from her work. She had tanned skin and large eyes, her features skillfully and subtly made up, Her returning smile was cheerfully false. She hid it well, but Victor knew she would rather be anywhere else. Bonjour, he said, but not too loudly. Je vous appelle de la chambre 407. Je suis Mr. Bishop. Pouvez-vous me dire si je recours des messages? Un moment, s'il vous plaît. She made a curt nod and checked the log. There was a large mirror mounted on the wall behind the desk in which Victor watched the reflections of the two men. The elevator doors opened and they parted to allow a couple to exit before entering themselves, almost in unison. He saw their hands. They were wearing gloves. Victor moved position to get an angle on the elevator interior, but could see only the reflection of one of the men inside. Victor kept his head tilted to one side, his face partially shielded in case the man looked his way. The man had fair skin and a square face, clean-shaven. He wore a focused expression, staring straight ahead, arms limp at his sides. His gloves were brown leather. Either he had a deformed ribcage, or something handgun-shaped was concealed beneath his nylon jacket. Any doubts Victor harbored about their motives now evaporated. Were they police? No, he decided. It was barely two hours since he'd killed Ozels, and there was no way he could have been linked to the crime in such a short time frame. They weren't operatives either—